All right. Are we ready? I'm ready. Yeah. I think so. Just the four of us? I think Just so. Just the four of us. We can podcast if we try. Just the four of us. You and you and you and I. <laughs> All right. Oh, I want that to be the star of the show now. Hello, everybody. This is RPG Cast 498 for March 30th, 2019. I'm your host today, Anna Marie Privateer, and oh, yeah. Little Cast. Little Cast this week. Medium Energy. Hi, Chris. Hi. Hi, Chris Privateer. Hi. Hi, Kelly Ryan. Hello. Hi, Joshua Carpenter. Uh, I'm here with Adequate Energy. Okay. Adequate Energy is the name of this podcast. Adequate Energy? Is right. at least the theme of this podcast. So I'm I'm going to jump straight into what, what I've been playing this week because it's going to be boring. I've been playing Chocobo Mystery Dungeon, um, everybody. And I was so excited to finish it this week. I had like my whole day set aside Thursday to play it. And then I ended up having like one crisis after another on Thursday. Played almost none of it. And I'm not done yet. I think I'm in the final dungeon. I'm not sure because the way that the um, mirror memories are set up are a little funky. Um, so there may be more coming. And I'm, it, this may just be like a false, false, false finish. So I'm going to keep playing Chocobo Mystery Dungeon, everybody. I've unlocked almost all the classes. Haven't you played this game before on the Wii? Don't no, you know? I did if not you're... play it on the Wii. Oh, okay. Somebody kept promising to send it to me. Who? Oh, I... <laughs> We've had this conversation privately, but for those who are listening to the podcast, I couldn't remember if it was Chris or Miss Diana, and we've decided it's Miss Diana because she's terrible at sending stuff. <laughs> also, Chris doesn't want to be blamed. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> I, I don't know how way. it could be me. Yeah, because you never forget to send stuff. Chris. No, just because like I don't even know if I played that game. Okay, I don't know if I had that game. You do. You, want... oh. you know what my wife did this week? She conspired with Peter Thomas, who you heard on the show two weeks ago, to send me a Kirby video game. To harass me because, because I play, I spam B with Kirby and it, Smash Brothers with him. Well, and I and thought it was got, one of the Kirby video games that he didn't have. Yeah, and it was so thoughtful. Yeah, I, I went downstairs immediately after opening the envelope and got up my copy of that game and been like, why did you tell him I didn't have this game? Why didn't you just walk down the stairs and look? Uh, <laughs> you can't even do the joke right, Anna. I, I was pretty sure you didn't have it. I do appreciate the sentiment. It was funny. We'll, we'll give it to Brandon. The and it came with it. a cute note about me spamming B in Smash Brothers. <laughs> now I have two copies of Kirby and the Return to Dreamland for the Wii. Which we'll, we'll find a home for these. I, the I, which I've never played. So now well, I have two copies Chris, and I still haven't played Maybe it. you should play the damn maybe game. Maybe I should play the darn game. <laughs> All right. I have a confession to, to yes. make. I have never played a Kirby game. <gasps> I don't. Oh, wait. No, I've have you played, played a Kirby game because Chris threw me in the lava. Did you? Yes. Uh, Epic Yarn, right? Yep. Nope. Have you played the um, the Smash Brothers? The newest Smash Brothers? Yeah. Yeah, you start I, as Kirby. Kirby game. Counts as Kirby well, game to me. Well, I'm I'm talking like an actual legit Kirby game. I have never well, played a Kirby game. I I've get. always yeah. been... I've always been cur- curious about the Kirby series, but they like come always come out so you've late. Been, they've just been off been my radar. By Kirbyus, 
No. Kirby Curious. By Curbius. Curbius. There's help. a funny word in there Anna somewhere. Help. help. Josh, tell us about what you've been playing, because you've been playing something new. I have been, because I'm just getting bored with some of the old stuff I've been playing. I, I have you out, finished uh, Mariage yet? No, no, I'm stuck grinding on oh. that. I've been grinding this week. Oh. I'm at the end of wait, the second wait, generation. Wait, grinding in that game could mean more than one thing. You mean gaining <laughs> levels, right? Yes, gaining okay. levels. All right. Gaining affection levels. But oh, no, it, it does mean the other thing. No. Yeah, but you have to do that by doing just random encounters. So no, n- nothing uh, naughty. Like on Craigslist? No. <laughs> oh, different type of random encounter. Okay. Yeah, the RPG kind of random encounter. All right. Oh. 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 They're into the role play. <laughs> I see. So instead, what I. What is wrong up, uh, with you today? He's the one doing random encounters with people on Craigslist to level his characters in Agrosaur Mariage. I didn't make any of that up. Josh, tell us about Nelky, and I'm just going to go stuff a rag in Chris's mouth. Well, that just sounds kinky on itself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I started up uh, Nelky and the Legendary Alchemist, the uh, Atelier spinoff game, which feels kind of... It's pretty good. It's weird... I, I've kind of fallen off the Atelier games with the Mysterious series because I think I played Sophie and got halfway through and never finished it. Lion Suel made... is really good. Way Which better one? than oh. I thought it was going to be. It's the third one in the series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you don't I need to play that... Ferris to enjoy it. Yeah, I picked up, I've picked up that one when it was on sale and I haven't gotten around to playing it. Because, yeah, Ferris, I made the, the really unfortunate mistake of picking that up on Vita. And the Vita version of that game was uh, hot garbage. <laughs> I think I made it like four or five hours in and had like tons of, you know, like I think it locked up the Vita two or three times in five hours. That's so not I, good. No, that was not good. So I, I'd kind of like fallen off on Atelier games lately, but this one came out and it's, you know, it's a spinoff that includes all of the, I think it pretty much has all the heroines from all the major releases all the way back. Isn't this the 20th anniversary of it, if I remember correctly? Yeah, something like that. And, you know, Gus puts out basically one of these games a year, practically, or pretty pretty darn close to it. So there's tons of characters. It's very much one of those uh, crossover-style games where, like, every single time you go through a chapter, it's like, okay, let's unlock a couple more characters. <laughs> a couple of more um it's one of those instances where um, characters from all the different games kind of just start falling into the world. You know, <laughs> they just show up like, oh, hey, this character fell out of a fell out of a portal. There they are. Now they're now they're an alchemist in your town. So the main character, Nelky, is uh, re- rather than being an alchemist, uh, she's the administrator of this small town and she's supposed to build it up. That's her goal. So. Essentially, it's like a more depends on the way you want to look at it. It's a more advanced version of like the uh, the the realm building that was back in Meruru, or it's like a weird marriage of like Sim City and visual novel. Because <laughs> there's a lot more to the town building than there really is to the traditional atelier formula. Like you're since the main character isn't uh, an alchemist, like you're not doing alchemy. You just set up 
alchemy shops in town and assign the alchemist to them. And then you can tell them, okay, I want you to make me beer. And so long as they, so long as you've collected uh, enough wheat and water and whatever else they need for, to make beer, they'll just make beer for you. And then you'll have, then you'll also have shops that can sell those things and then you get the money when the when those items sell, and then you can take that and pour that back into your town to build more, build more buildings and try and build the town up and get the population higher and improve your, the town's uh, opinion of you. It, it, it you know it plays like a simplified SimCity game basically, which is kind of weird but kind of fun. <laughs> and the the other thing that I don't think I was. I, obviously, I wasn't paying attention to the previews that much, but like, there's not really any exploration in the game either. Oh, it's a Metroid game. <laughs> bring you back old yeah, jokes. Bring that back, yeah. There is no exploration in Metroid. <laughs> Stay tuned, episode five hundred. <laughs> yeah, like you, like it. It's split. The, the game is split in half. You got like half of the game where you're, um, you're you're basically doing your town management. And then you've got these um, weekends basically where you can both talk to different characters, but then you can go exploring. And it's exploring in quotes because you just pick places to go on the map. And rather than, you know, usually with Atelier, I mean, that's pretty typical for Atelier games, but usually you get like a, little, a small 3D area that you get to wander around in and you'll encounter enemies and you'll pick up uh, pick up items and stuff to use for your alchemy. But this one, it just shows the the party that you choose. They're walking along a road. Every once in a while, one of the characters will be like, oh, I see something to pick up, and there'll be a little animation where they pick up some items that you can then use in alchemy. Or sometimes you just have a random encounter where you have to fight enemies. But it's just them walking along a road, having like little canned... uh, can talking back and forth with one another it's really weird i can't i I, it's strange that they went to this it's obviously they they made this game you you know this game was made on a budget (laughs) and it's like okay we're not going to have big areas for you to wander around and explore we're just going to have these these little canned things for you to go along and we'll have some battles the battle system itself is kind of really simplified in fact it actually has a uh it has an option where you can, it, it will just play itself in fast-forward mode, so you don't even have to do the battles. But it's like, it's turn-based, and crap, I'm trying to remember. It, it's, gah, and my mind has gone blank on the game that it's taking it from. But basically, it has the turn order um, with the characters and the enemies scrolling across on the top, so you can see which one goes next. And different characters, depending on their speed, move at different different amounts. But like I said, you can ignore, you know, you can just turn this over to auto and just kind of ignore the battles. It, it, it's, I don't know, like, it's not what I was expecting from an Atelier game, but it's the uh, the SimCity town building stuff has been kind of fun and managing all that kind of stuff. Like, I, it's been a while since I played a, played a Sim game, so it's kind of scratching that itch for me. And, you know, like, I, I'm a fan of the series so seeing all these different characters from all these different games is kind of like hitting that nostalgia thing for me so it this has 
I mean, are are they acknowledging the storylines of all the games they came from, or are they all just characters taking place in this game? How is that working? They're they're acknowledging the characters. Um, like you're getting. Well, you know, most of the Atelier games are split up into like uh, little trilogies or yeah. groups of games that all take place. Are they in saying that all those world? events happened? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So this is like post all those games in effect. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So like the characters who are from each trilogy know one another. Okay. And like the characters who cross those trilogies know everybody. Mm, not yet. Well, I haven't gotten to that yet. Okay. Right now, I'm in the early. Because in there, still... Anna, isn't there like a Sturk guy or something like that who's like in all the games and stuff like that? Or no? I don't remember. Well, well, I mean, there are people that run across all the series, like Pamela and Hegel. Well, yep. Pamela the, and the... Hegel are weird, though. They never, they're kind of a new character each time, right? No. Oh. No, they're the pa- same character. Pamela's the same character? Okay. Pamela's yeah. definitely the same character. Okay. She's always dead. No, I, I know she's always a ghost, but it's like, she doesn't have any story progression. Um, she's she kind of a blank slate each time, to... isn't she? No, because like, for example, um, okay, no, just say, yeah. Uh, yes. Remember I rem- I encountered Pamela in Atelier Iris on the PS2. Right. And like, here we are in Atelier Nelke and there's still a Pamela around. Yep. She's more ubiquitous than a freaking chocobo. Well, I can give you a, a real firm example in oh, the, okay. Does Our Land trilogy, no, she gets a body. Oh. Um, oh, I see your pun there. A firm example. <laughs> She's not a ghost. Um, in later trilogies, um, she has talked about missing her body. Mm-hmm. Okay, then. Yeah, there's and, those kind of nods, but they, they never really go into it, as I recall, well, right? I mean, but she could be just referring to the fact that she used to be alive, too, right? Mm, sure. All right, never mind. I always thought that she possessed a teddy bear. Yes, she is a teddy bear. Okay. Oh, there it is on the live stream where they're just walking along the road and, and, you know, occasionally picking up something and having the little canned responses back and forth with one another. It's that that part of it is just kind of strange or, you know, it's like totally not what I was expecting. I was expecting a normal atelier, you know, like, okay, here's a tiny little area for you to wander around. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Running around and whamming on the A button can be fun. Yeah. So now here we are with a battle turn order and like a side view Valkyria profile style kind of Valkyrie profiles kind of presentation, but not really that type of gameplay. Yeah, very simple turn based system. I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very simplistic. Like, you know, most of the time in Atelier games, like most of the battle system is or a big part of the battle system is um you know, developing items so that you can get past tougher enemies, you know, to develop really powerful bombs or really uh, powerful items that can manipulate turn order and stuff like that. And there's none of that here. It's just very straightforward. You're, you're, you have like a handful of different attacks and skills you can choose between, or you can just let the computer do it all for you. Yeah. I'm looking at this and it's like, I just want to play the sim part. And like, you do that for me, computer. And, like, speed it up and get through it very quickly so that I can get back to building this town. 
Pretty much. Like, yeah, I'm enjoying the town building part. Can you speed it up at all, or do you have to sit there and wait for them to walk and take forever to fight all those battles? Oh, you can speed it up. Like, okay. that. that's the only thing you can do in that, is as they're just walking along, they're picking up items, uh-huh. but then you can also just make them run to the end of it, and they still get into random encounters, but you don't, you know, like... You don't get the items? Yeah, you don't get the items. Okay. You know, I hate to say it. I don't know if anybody's made this comparison. I'm almost getting an act razor vibe from watching this, watching it on the stream. Well, I mean, Meruru had without some of those the action act sections. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Meruru had some of that kind of in it, that DNA in it as well. Did it? So this is kind of yes. a return to that. Yeah. No. They, the whole thing was that they had to develop Meruru's kingdom before it actually became part of our land. Yeah. So, you, so it was about like building, you know, saving up money and doing quests to build buildings and stuff like that. And this is just kind of like a a more fleshed out version of that. Kind of a, a grander extension. Yeah. I'm looking but it's been fun. Game. It's lighthearted, has good music. The 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 characters uh you know, I played uh, Summon Night 6, wherever, whatever that was, like a year or two ago. And that was, you know, that series that we got almost none of the games in English. So mm-hmm. it was similar to this, where it's like, oh, hey, here's this character from this this game from way back when. At least this time, I know who all the characters are. And it isn't like that game where it was like, you know, it expected you to be really excited. And I was always like, yeah, I don't know who this is. <laughs> Even even this game, at least I know of the characters, even if I haven't played those Atelier games. But it, it it's been fun. But that's been about it. Kelly, Anna, what have you're you supposed been to be grilling him. No, I he's he's told me everything I need to know about. Oh, the game. you're like it, all right, done. There's a different Ready structure than a technical than a than a traditional Atelier game. Do we already have um, this? There's Did both passive and already? active. Yes, there's okay. both passive and active portions of the game, and it has all the characters that I love. Maybe I'll steal it from you. Okay. So you're gonna play it, Anna? Yeah, I'm gonna take it on the cruise. Oh, cool. Um, Kelly. Yes. What um, have you been playing this week? Well, aside from, uh, you know, crap happening to me on Thursday that you can read about on Twitter, <laughs> um, I, uh, I've i been working on leveling a machinist in Final Fantasy fourteen because, like, right after the podcast last week, I finally got into Heaven's Ward content, and I was like, yay, I can do something new. And then I see that there's this new job available called Machinist, and I really wanted to try it out because it plays a little bit more like WoW Hunter, which is what I'm used to, only it starts at level 30. So I had to spend most of my week grinding out levy quests and dungeons and stuff like that and just watching that experience bar slowly trickle in. And I was complaining about it on Twitter. It's like, I know my wow is showing, but my kingdom for heirloom armor. (laughs) So I I have things that help me gain experience faster, but I think they were part of like um, buying expansions and may not be readily available anymore. I think they're just for very low levels too. Yeah, I have rings that... um, I have a ring that gives an experience boost, but it's only 1 to 30, and Machinist starts at 30. Yeah, I feel like I have an earring <laughs> that, like, takes me up to 60. So, 
I'm I'm like trying to figure out how to get 20 levels as quickly as possible, and that was when I discovered the Palace of the Dead, which is supposedly one of the best places to get experience because you could just run like the first 20 levels over and over again, and no matter what, you get a like a, a yeah. decent chunk of it. Um, but by the time I I would like. I don't know, do a couple of those, get bored of that, then try to do like the daily levy quests that gave you experience and then try to fill that out with different dailies and stuff like that. And it was very slow going, but I, I'm finally level 50 now on my machinist and that's probably what I'm going to keep leveling. Um, I don't know, maybe until dancer comes out, I tend to prefer, um, range DPS, more than anything, so that I'm not like standing like in the line of fire. Ah, they have to do run around the battlefield dancing during the the boss fights to make sure you're standing in the right places. Then, yeah, well, I I have like a very low reaction time, so I'm horrible about like oh, there's a thing that's coming my way. I probably ought to get out of that. Oh, I just went the other like went the other way right into it and now i'm dead well you're gonna have fun when you start doing uh the primals <laughs> yeah well I've, I've done a bunch of the primal fights and it hasn't been too bad oh but, yeah uh, no i'm not talking about those primals i'm uh, talking about talking... the extreme versions oh with level yeah. caps and 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 difficulties like yeah just yeah, there's me, no GTFO. Let me, let me know when it's time to do Titan Primal. I love doing that fight, and you're going to fall off the ledge so many times. <laughs> yep. Well, I mean, you know, that being said, I think 14 does a much better job of telegraphing where stuff is going to fall than WoW ever does. Uh, yes. Because... Until you get to the extreme. <laughs> They know how to crank it up, is all I'm saying. Anyway. Well, well, yeah, but don't they still show, like, the glowing here? Oh, yeah. See, to me, that's a hundred times better than how they do it in WoW. Kelly, in the third expansion, there's a big samurai fight. The guy comes down with a sword, and if you're the tank, you have to sit under the sword and block it with your sword and wham on the A button in a QTE. Otherwise, it kills the entire party. It's amazing. It's so cool. Yeah, I couldn't (laughs) deal with that kind of pressure. <laughs> That's why there, she's deep. No Being no a tank way. in fourteen is the best. I'm so glad I made my little guy a tank. Yeah, don't you um, have a taro tank? Yep. Yeah. I'm also in in love with the differing philosophies of transmog because you know, and while they're like, well, we don't want holiday items out of season, and we don't want your character to look too silly, and in the meantime, in fourteen, my tank was a butler in a fish costume or butler in a fish helmet. And he tanked the whole dungeon like a beast. <laughs> so I, I just, I love how out of craps 14 gives about all the, like their design philosophy and stuff. They're like, we don't care. If you want to show up in a dungeon dressed like a ghost in a Santa costume. Go for it. You, you go for it. You want to run around with a fish head? You got it. <laughs> I need to get this fish head, by the way. I've seen so many memes with this fish head. I want this this fat cat mount, but yeah, it's I, too expensive. I want... <laughs> that's one that they actually I... sell for money. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I almost caved on the motorcycle last night because of it playing um, crazy motorcycle. And my whole theme is kind of like I'm a biker. Mm. 
But um, speaking of crazy motorcycle, hey, there's a segue. <laughs> I uh, I started up Final Fantasy VII on the Switch. The the entire reason why I bought this is because I find it hilarious that the game that broke up Square and Nintendo is finally on a Nintendo system. So this is more of a direct one than nine. They aren't claiming this one's HD, are they? Um, the polygons are really shiny and nice. I don't okay. know that and, they've claimed that any of them are fate HD with seven. Yeah, the Have Final they? Fantasy oh, nine, nine HD. No, no, not nine. I meant any of the versions of seven. Oh, on oh, any yeah, of the no. like PS4 and stuff like that. I don't think they've been calling it HD anywhere, have they? They probably I'm want to save sure. that for the new game. <laughs> oh, probably. Yeah. Yeah, I would imagine there'd be some brand confusion there. But man, like the polygons are surprisingly shiny and nice and almost to the game's detriment because, you know, I I get out of um th- that opening bombing mission and I go to uh Sector 7, and I kind of go to the the left and see that there's the train graveyard there. And the ones that you can move around are, like, beautiful and shiny next to the ones that are in the background that are as blurry as uh, Artifact JPEG. Oh, my gosh. And it was, yeah. There's, like, shortcuts on this thing to, like, turn on no encounters and speed boosts and stuff. That's really fun. Yeah, that's been kind of fun, um... I've I've definitely used the boost to get through like I used the boost to get through that opening boss fight with You're the scorpion. To get through. J- mm-hmm. Just because I just because I didn't feel like messing with that fight, you know, you're very underpowered in that fight, and I just wanted I, I was making dinner at the time, so I just wanted to get through it. And some of the spots and um some of the bombing missions I've turned off encounters just so that I can get through it. Um, I'm certainly going to be cheesing uh, like the mega boss fights like Ruby and Emerald just because I can. Just because I want to see just if I can get through it cheating. Um, it, it's so nice that they give you this way of playing this old game. Like, yeah. you know, like especially if you've played it before, like, hey, I just want to see this stuff again. I don't necessarily want to bang my head against the wall. Let me yeah, turn on I- the cheats and just get through the. Uh, the, the parts that I'm stuck on. Yeah, I've, I've played through it a million times already. Um, you know, I, I definitely just want to experience again for funsies, not for any sort of challenge or anything. You know, I've never um, finished this game. I, yeah, I'm, you're not missing anything. I'm, I'm just going back and <laughs> forth about whether I should pick it up no. on Switch. Watch, watch, a, watch a nice YouTube presentation that actually puts the plot together in a good way and fixes the translation somehow or watch that thing that comes on the disc with advent children that tries to explain ff7 but it only does a halfway job and then you have to read an faq after that and then you realize wow this game was terribly localized and i shouldn't play Uh, it this guy are sick yes it was terribly localized that i'm fully aware of chris yeah i mean this game is also it's not a good game hey oh oh those fighting words fired They couldn't even decide which visual style they wanted to go with. They went with all of them. Chris, you're going to get a lot of angry messages about this. Kelly, Kelly, do you think it's holding up? Yeah, I think it's holding up. But bear in mind, for me, it's like huge nostalgia bomb stuff. Because, you know, I... Cloud is totally made up of like seven and a half polygons. So, you know, it's great. 
<laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, this was the game that was the reason why I bought a PlayStation, or why I asked for a PlayStation for Christmas in 1997. And, you know, this was like all I did that entire month of December through January was play through it. And it's one of those games that's just complete nostalgia bomb for me, but I still love it, you know, warts and all. Yeah, this uh, totally looks like the PC version from back in the day. I'm watching a video of them play through it now on the Switch. Um, that's how I played this game, by the way, is I bought a freaking Voodoo Effects card for my PC and <laughs> played it on there. Upside down video troubles and all. Um, <laughs> yeah. Frick, man. This was a I, bad PC port. I borrowed a PlayStation from one person and the game from the other, and yeah. I couldn't convince my mom to let me buy a memory card. I mean, either way, with Final Fantasy VII, something's upside down. It's either your video or your PlayStation in order to get it to boot the disc, you know? So either mm-hmm. way. FF7 and Upside Down so it just, just seem to go together. I also realized I missed a golden opportunity to play through Crisis Core last month so that I could go right into this because that was actually, that's actually kind of fun. Oh, um, that would be neat. Playing them in chron- chronological order with I've context. i never finished Crisis Core. Hmm. Crisis Core is so good. It, it really is. Game. Um, it kind of makes me mad that they can't port that anywhere because of the yeah. gacked crap. Oh, is that what's wrong? Because yeah. the licensing for Gox? Yeah. Huh. Who and sounds also, like a I've, Klingon food dish, you know? But, yeah. you know. And I've also been kind of playing through it, pretending like I don't know what happens. Like, oh, here, this nice girl. I hope <laughs> nothing happens to her. <laughs> I think you know at this point. So how do I make Crisis Core go in this year day and age? Um, is it still only physical on PS3? Yeah, yeah, there was issues. Um, to to be honest, at this point, I would just find it through ill-gotten means. Well, even then, like, oh, well, I mean, I know you nothing about emulating. Copy. I know. So you oh, could you rip do? it and put it on the go. I do. I could do this. I could do all these things she just said. I have the hacked PSPs that one would need to do this. I have the go. I have the wherewithal to do it. Oh, I know. I don't care that much about Final Fantasy VII. That's the problem. Yeah. Actually, actually, if I had the gumption, I would probably put it on um, my hacked Vita. But... Oh, I don't know how that... Hmm. That would work. I don't like the way PSP games look on Vita. It's not mm-hmm. the worst. It's not like playing DS games on a 3DS, which I notice more than most people, but <sighs> I got to think about that. No, I like to play it on the go on the go because then it gives me an excuse to bring out the go and be like, this thing was awesome and everyone was wrong. They should have all bought a go. Yeah, I kind of kick myself for not getting a go because they're expensive now. Yeah, um, and their b- batteries are going to go bad at some point and then you're just kind of screwed. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can't swap out the battery. It's not a replaceable battery on the go. Oh no, that's terrible. Yeah, because I guess people were using batteries to hack and stuff. You know, it's been so long. I have to go look that up now to make sure. Oh, here's yeah. a video how to do it in less than five minutes. You have to open it up. It's not like a, a battery panel like on the regular PSP, but it I looks see. like you can find a YouTube tutorial. So that works. Once you notice the the back of your go bending out because the battery is inflated and on the verge of exploding, uh, you can follow this easy tutorial. <laughs> um, I don't know yikes. where you're going to get the battery, but yeah. 
Oh, here you go. Oh. On Amazon, of course. Yeah, probably. <laughs> $18.90. Yeah, because I had to Amazon me a PSP battery for my 1000 That was not cheap. No. Wait, but, really? Yeah. How much was it? It was like 17 bucks. Oh, okay. All right. You said not I'm cheap. Saying, I'm like, you didn't have to pay 50 bucks for a battery, did you? I, I say that, but like the um, the 2000 or like the 3000 battery was only like 8 bucks. So, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And you also have demand. this problem of, you know, wondering if you're going to get a Chinese battery that's going to explode in your house. Well, I mean, that's that's where a lot I'm, of I'm only suggesting you do it when you already have a battery that's about to explode. So, yeah, <laughs> your risk is hopefully better. Yeah, let's right. see. Sorry, yeah. Crisis Core was such Look a good game. Oh, you, if you put it on the emulator, you can upres it. So maybe I should do this. Look at this. Don't tell Anna though; she doesn't like piracy. Um, I tried playing it on my Raspberry Pi, and oh, it, I bet it, it didn't played run well. It played okay, but the music stuttered really bad. Oh, that stinks. And the music's probably really good in this, isn't it? Oh, yeah. The music in this is awesome. I remember it being good. Um, though, you know, I don't want to spoil the game for you or anything, but Zach does die in the end. Oh, come on! What? <laughs> oh, First Eris, now Zach, you've ruined the whole series for me. The only thing left for me to play is Dirge of Cerberus. <laughs> With a keyboard and mouse on the couch attached to my PS2. Woo! I played through that whole game. It was not worth it. No. No, it wasn't. <laughs> That's I one really I finished. Wanted... Hmm. I really wanted to like it, but it was just not good. It was way better with keyboard and mouse, um, but that just brought it from like a one to a two. Ouch. <laughs> Anyway, um, that's all my Final Fantasy VII nostalgia for the week. Ugh. Chris, what? What have you been playing? Uh, so I finished up Minute. Um, really? Yeah. Remember? Did you enjoy it? I was. I finished it in bed next to you. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it was good. It was a little short. Um, it could have been was longer. It a minute? Was yeah. it perhaps a minute? No. You guys are stupid. <laughs> I think my total time, though, was in the under two hours or a total sort of thing, though. Okay. So it's really not a long game. Then they give you access to a second run, which is a lot harder. So you could spend time doing that. But it's not really any... Well, I mean, it's different, but it's not, like, totally different. It's just, hey, do all this stuff with 40 seconds instead of 60 seconds. And things are in slightly different places. And you have to go about things a slightly different way because the routes are harder because you have less time. But it's like, eh, no thanks. Um, I did po poke around in my original save and found a few more secrets that I didn't get the first time. And I'm like, you know, I think I got my fill of this. Um, hopefully they have a, a deeper, more expanded approach on this sort of gameplay in the future because I think this is a cool concept with the just constantly restarting and 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 puzzle thing um, that could be maybe deepened a little bit because it's very fetch questy puzzles in this game. It's like, can you find the next thing that unlocks the next thing that unlocks the next thing that unlocks the next thing? Um, so I could do more with that. Um, I also played a little bit more Witcher 2. Um, still going with that. That, that game feels real good. Um, I did go and make sure that... I, it, it makes me want to read through all the Witcher books. 
but um, I haven't started doing that yet. I did log in my Audible account. Like, well, am I going to listen to them? Or are I going to read them with my with my eyes like a like a monster? What? And what? You listen to books. Yes. Yeah, like a human, like a sophisticated person. Sure. I I was I using my eyes. That would be weird, right? Who does that? <sighs> anyway, so I was considering like, eh, mm-hmm, oh, I already have the first set of books. The first book is like a collection of short stories. I already had that in. Um, sorry, watching Zach fight Sephiroth here. Um, <laughs> um, I have that first set of books on Audible, so I need to like just listen to it. But uh, well, who cares? Anyway, um, Witcher, 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 Witcher. Oh yeah, the other thing I was doing is. Out on Game Pass this week is a game called Operencia, which is a first-person dungeon crawler with puzzle-solving elements and bad voice acting, um, and uh, kind of sounds o- like a winning combination. Yeah, actually. Um, so the <laughs> sorry, I thought. I'm... All right. Anyway, <laughs> things are going weird. <laughs> The uh, don't don't put on YouTube videos with like long cutscenes because you get distracted if you're trying to record a podcast. Um, Operencia, interesting little game here. So if you think like back to when we were talking about um, oh uh, Legend of Grim Rock, right? Is it Grim Rock or Grimlock? The one that Grim isn't Rock, the Transformer. Um, <laughs> Grimrock. Uh, okay, Legend of Grimrock. Me, Grimrock. <laughs> uh, had, uh, you remember kind of like a real-time first-person dungeon crawler with puzzle mechanics, and I kind of felt like it just it scaled in a way that wasn't fun, and it was just getting hard, and I wasn't enjoying myself, but I wanted like that cool old-school dungeon crawling vibe. This one feels like it's more of the vibe and balance that I was looking for originally. Um because it, it has, like, dungeon crawler, old school dungeon crawler, but with, like, tons of quality of life improvements. So it, it you don't have, I mean, you're, you're walking around the dungeon, you're clicking on items on the ground to pick them up and put them in your inventory. But, like, when you loot a chest, you get, like, four things at once, and th- that takes care of it. They've got equip buttons that can optimize equipment for you so you don't have to drag everything onto every slot on every person in your party. Um, they have skill trees that you're leveling up and and that sort of stuff is an rpg right but uh you what was it that was like i really liked quality of life wise was oh right um if you start they let you choose how much of a pain in the butt you want the game to be and in in three different ways so you can choose, do you want permadeath to be on or off? And that's like the biggest decision, right? Because permadeath's on. That means as soon as your party wipes, you're done. You have to start a new game. That's crazy. Um, the second one they let you choose is, do you want to be able to... Um, do you want to lose all your progress since you last rested at a bonfire or not? Or do you want it to kind of autosave along the way and kick you back to that bonfire, but you have some of your progress since um, before you died? And then the the first, and then the other one is um, just overall difficulty of the combat. Like, is this going to be really hard or not? And between those three, you can kind of customize the experience you want. Do you want it to be punishing, but 
as far as if you make mistakes, but you want it to be very lenient on the combat, well, then you can do that. And if you want it to be otherwise, you can do otherwise. And what I was experience is like, just I set everything to normal, just like first off normal experience. Is this going to be too easy? Is it going to feel like cakewalk the game? And it's like, no, I'm, I'm actually thinking about my, my moves. I'm, I'm choosing what I'm using on each enemy. Um, but it doesn't feel like each battle is dragging. It doesn't feel like I'm unable to experience the puzzle on the, on the floor of the labyrinth that I'm on because I'm worried about health. No, I feel like everything's just the right mix of, tension about making sure I don't ever extend myself in battle with also I want to see what's around that corner before running back to a fireplace and and or and trying to save. Uh they do try to limit your your so the bonfires are where you heal um and uh they limit that by the amount of firewood that you find. Um which is yeah also baked into those difficulty settings is how many pieces of firewood you'll find around the dungeon. Um, and so if you don't have a piece of firewood, you can't heal at the, at the thing. So you can't really save. And so that's an issue. Um, yeah. All in all so far I have, I had mixed feelings. So I played for two hours last night or something like that. And they have a tutorial that has a voice actor who has the most stilted, terrible overread underacted voice lines ever playing the, the 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 male in the tutorial and then paired with a lady in the tutorial who's his queen and wife who has a wonderful voice actress and i'm like oh i want to hear more of her performance especially when put next to this guy who's so freaking dog poop <laughs> that next to him it's like she sounds like a freaking shakespearean amazing not shakespearean but like yeah we should give her an award. She's so good at acting. Um, so y- you get through that, and it's like, oh, I kind of like what's going on here, but it's pretty basic. Is this really going to hold my attention? You get through the tutorial. It's like, mm. oh, I get to make my character now. So I make my character. It's like I make my badass uh, warrior chick, and we go into the dungeon. I go into the dungeon with her. Um, of course, the tutorial you had two overpowered people. It's hard to lose, but uh, then you know you start with somebody starting at level one. And I get in the dungeon, and it's like, oh, good, her voice actress doesn't suck. And then I find a, a companion, I'm like, uh-oh, I hope they don't bring back that guy's voice actor again for this guy. And like, no, he doesn't suck either. Oh, they, they're talking is good. And then at the, that point, you realize, oh, the only problem here is occasionally the writing is bad. So, But that's okay. They're doing their best to perform with bad scripts, and this is this is working. So the voice acting got an okay from me. And the combat, I was already liking. You've got, uh, in this one, in this first-person dungeon crawl, you have the enemies arrange themselves into three lines. you got near, middle, and far. And melee attacks are more effective at near. Range attacks are more effective at far. And you've got spells that can target certain lines of those three. And then you can worry about whether you know, the enemy has ranged people that might be in the back and, and so forth. So you've got all that stuff going on. You get to kind of choose what your, um, your big powerful skills are going to be for your build of your character. And then you can... Um, Based on that, you'll get different options for like, do I have something that can hurt everybody a little bit or just hurt the front row a lot and that sort of stuff. So all that's working out together well and feels good. Um, and then uh, the art's pretty nice looking. And, you know, it's uh, it's it's indie, but, you know, in, a, in an all right way. You know, it's like, um, it's like, uh, you know, it's 3D indie. It's not like RPG Maker indie, if that makes any sense. Um it's like polished indie. Let's put it that way. So 
yeah. So it's looking all right. Story's okay. Um, it's more about solving dun- puzzles in the dungeons. And that's where I, I found myself this morning playing the game like, wait, I'm enjoying these puzzles. These puzzles work. This is good. All right. A little puzzle, a little dungeon crawl, some some story. Eh, the writing eh, has issues here and there, but this this is working. This feels okay. So last night I was like, oh, this is uh, this isn't gonna work. And this morning I'm like, oh, this is gonna work. Um, and then the only last thing to comment on is, oh my gosh, last night I plugged in a controller. Like, okay, this game's made for Xbox, and uh, the PC port is. I, I'm playing it via Game Pass. It's on Game Pass, and it's that Xbox Play Anywhere stuff. So it's on Xbox. It's on PC. I can play it through the Microsoft Store on my Windows computer. Um, you can also buy it on the Epic Game Store, which I don't understand why, but it's being advertised as PC version is exclusively available on the Epic Game Store, yet I got it through the Microsoft Store and then played it on PC, so I don't know. A just... lot of the stuff that's on Epic, for whatever reason, is also on Microsoft uh, Windows Store. Well, it's part I don't of the Game Pass. They... Yeah. Yeah. Now a lot of the stuff that where they've claimed, like, oh, we've got it exclusively is also on Windows Store because no one... I guess no one buys anything from Windows Store, so it might as well be exclusive. All right, yeah. It's like the only way you get stuff through the Windows Store is if you buy it on your Xbox usually, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, Game Pass works for this, so I got it through Game Pass. And so I'm like, oh, it's an Xbox game. I bet you it's going to feel real good to play with a controller. And I plug in the controller, and I realize, um, okay. So this is a dungeon crawler where it's a grid-based system as far as where you walk, but it has a a camera that you can move around to look all around you. You have a free range of motion on where you're looking. And the game is like, if you press forward, um, once you are looking um, close enough to one of the axes that you could move into and you're holding forward, then it'll move you in that direction. So there's a lot of, if you're playing with control, there's a lot of like, okay, I got to look around this way and then I can move forward and I got to look around this way and then I can move forward. Um, and, oh, I need to see if there's something on the ground. Let me tilt the camera down so I can see, oh, is there a key? Let me line up the thing over the key and press it. So I, get, I was getting tired of that. And so this morning I just tried it on, on uh, keyboard because... Originally, I thought, oh, this is going to be a pain to play on the keyboard. Uh, I'm going to be mashing WASD, and uh, I just want to play with a controller. That's how I felt last night. This morning, I jump on the keyboard. I'm like, oh, my gosh, all the things that were annoying me, keyboard and mouse totally take care of it. Like, I can move around the camera real fast. I can zoom in on things, no problem. Um, I could just press the WASD keys, and it doesn't matter what direction I'm, I'm looking. I move in the correct direction relative to where I am, and just everything just felt better. So... That is my, Chris is not a good person when it comes to giving a summary of games and giving you a game review. I can tell that nobody's interested in what I'm saying, but that is my summary of Operencia. Um, I think I like it. I think I'm going to stick with it, which probably means I'll play it once more and then forget about it. But, you know, hey, at least right now I'm interested enough to say that I would try it more. The end. Thanks, Chris. You're welcome. Thank you. It's growing on me. That's good. I, 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 I killed a big frog. You, what? Is a big frog man. He's a boss. Um, I had to kill him. He was spitting on me a lot. Things, I, things just got weird, Chris. Yeah. So uh, just got weird. She, you say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So maybe. Uh, oh no! My computer turned off. Why is your computer off? I don't know. I guess I wasn't playing with the mouse and now. Oh, it went to sleep on you. All right. Okay, hang on. Let me put in my... Did I put you to... I put your computer to sleep with my boring and 
stilted description of operantia, didn't I? All right. It's time for the news. <laughs> and time to repair Chris's self-esteem. I'll notice nobody's countering anything that I'm saying. They're just quickly moving on. Like, yeah, well, he's got that right. Let's just come on. Let's get to the news. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, you guys are cruel. All right. What are we talking about? Oh, right. You want me to do this? Thank you. Um, so if you were sad that Zanky Zero Last Beginnings was delayed um, from March to April, good news. Right now you can download a demo. Um and um play through I think about three hours of the game. And the, if you play the demo, it carries over right into the full game. So if you're interested in Zanky Zero and can't wait for it to release in North America and Europe on April 9th, um, go download the demo on the PlayStation Store. No PC demo. Sorry. PC is not Master Race in this uh, in this occasion. Um, Tanzia is coming to PC via Steam. Uh, no, it's out. Um, so this was originally a um, Switch exclusive. Um, I think it was one of the Nindy titles that had a period of exclusivity. Um, it had early access on PC, but now it's finally going to be a fully released game. Tanzia is an open world action RPG set on the island of Tanzia. So if you're interested in that, go check it out. Is it just me or does it look a lot like Jack and Daxter from the PS2 days? I thought that was just me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Not that that's a bad thing. I just thought that it's was kind of like. It's fascinating, though. All right. So, um, remember how a couple weeks ago Nintendo put up a release date for Steam World Quest? And everybody was like, yay, Steam World Quest is coming April 25th. And then the date mysteriously disappeared. And Image and Forum was like, uh, guys, if a release date doesn't come from us, it's not official. Hmm. I remember this. Well, surprise, Steam World Quest is coming April 25th. <laughs> they just weren't ready to say it yet. Apparently. Um, so this will be one of the n- games uh, being published by Thunderful Games, which is like Rising Star Games, but not in the UK. This is what, Thunderful Games is one of a couple of co- companies that I know of that like are going to be shuttering their UK offices in favor of a European office. Mm. Brexit so. fallout. No, no, sure. We're not allowed to say that word. Oh, sorry. Um, and in case you're not familiar with Steam World Quest, it is a deck building turn-based RPG where you lead a team of aspiring heroes and each of those heroes has its own deck that will dictate what actions they perform in combat. Um, you can upgrade your cards, choose your choose your hero, customize everything with loot and rewards. So this is part of the Steam World universe, which has like Dig and um, Heist. Heist and that tower defense game I never remember the name of. That that sucked. Oh. Alright. Um, Larian Studios has announced Divinity Fallen Heroes! So this is a sequel to Divinity Original Sin 2, but it's not a, a like, Divinity-style RPG. It's a strategy RPG. 
So are we now returning to the time when after you make a couple games, now you make a strategy RPG on the, I guess on the uh, so. sequel? Yeah. I, I like this turn of events. <laughs> yeah, so they're also taking you to places that they didn't in Divinity Original Sin 2. Um, so you're going to go into some deserts. You're going to go into some snowy places. There are 60 missions um, with branching storylines. Um, they also introduce a new type of weapons compared to Original Sin 2 called Firearms. And uh, you'll be able to do upgrades and new technology, and there's like 30 unit types that you can choose to take with you. Um, so it's playable this weekend at PAX East, so I'm hoping that Wills will stop by and check it out. Um, the game is currently planned for PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One in late 2019. Which means by the time PAX rolls around, we'll know that it's been delayed until 2020. Um, Enter the Gungeon is getting one final expansion, or I guess a game update. So this is a farewell to ARMS, and will land April 5th, 2019 on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC. This free update has two new classes. Um, Paradox and Gunslinger, new guns, new items, new secret floors, and a community-inspired rainbow mode. Um, and this is like a bullet hell roguelike dungeon crawler. The people who like this game really like this game. Oh, yeah. Yes, they do. Yeah. I, I have a friend that streams this, and like her streams of this game are crazy. Um, so speaking of PAX East... Um, People are announcing stuff because it's PAX East this weekend. Yay, PAX um, East. Gearbox announced? announced Borderlands 3. Borderlands 3 in the most weird, stilted, crazy presentation where everything broke and nothing went right that I've ever seen. <laughs> and Randy did a really bad magic trick that you could see how it was uh, done on the stream by just paying attention. It was, yeah. I don't know who put this in the in the notes. Um, but there's this meme that says everybody gangsta till the guns start walking. Oh my gosh. So me. they did announce that, that, so that when they actually finally got the trailer to work, um, Borderlands three looks pretty cool They're They've, they now have guns with legs. <laughs> yes. Which was pretty amazing actually. So your guns might walk around. <laughs> yes. That's literally that's like, that's like one of the few things we know about it. It has guns with legs. It has guns with legs because you have to wait until April 3rd to find out more information where they're going to unveil the full Borderlands 3 website. Um, April 3rd is also when Borderlands Game of the Year Edition becomes available for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC, while Borderlands The Handsome Collection is getting a free Ultra HD upgrade for what systems? I'm not 100% sure. Whatever systems is out on already. Okay. Yes. So, if you're interested in playing Borderlands starting April 3rd, you will be able to catch up. And starting April 3rd, you will be able to see more about Borderlands 3. So it looks like more Borderlands. Stay tuned. I still need to finish 2. Um, Legend of Amberland, The Forgotten Crown, has launched on Steam Early Access. So if you want to pick it up. Um, it is twenty four ninety nine American or local equivalent. 
Um, they they really do want this to be in early access for only a few months before it releases later this year. Um, it is billed as a classic 90s Western RPG. Um, and so it's first person. You have a stack of seven characters um, that you're sending out onto a high fantasy adventure. Um, turn-based combat, tile-based movement. It looks like an old game. Mm-hmm. It looks like I had like a little handheld that played a game like this that when I was like eight or nine. So, yeah. If you are interested in old looking games. <laughs> old looking games. Check it out. We call those retro, Anna. Whatever. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. So here's a game that I'm kind of torn about how I feel. Yeah, I know you you had mixed feelings about this announcement. Yeah, so Panic Button and Perfect World Entertainment have announced that they are porting um, Torchlight 2 to consoles. Okay, that seems like a good thing. Yeah, but why did they have Panic Button do it instead of just having Runic Games do it? Because they're busy making... Well, Runic doesn't exist anymore. Exactly. So they can't do it. Yeah, but Perfect Games are the ones that shut it down. Yeah. In favor of starting a new... You know, you say they shut it down, but the implication I got from when we talked to people at the new studio is more like everybody wanted to leave. (laughs) Okay. I don't know. That's the feel I got. So I don't know how that went down. The people that are at Extra Games left before Runic got shut down. Yeah. But that begs a question of how many people were left. At least, if nothing else, Wonder and Brian were both there. All right, that's fair. Someone was on that sinking ship. Was Eric still there? I don't know. No. No, he was gone. Both of the Shaver Yeah, they had gone left? a while. Yeah, he had been gone for a while. Okay. I can't, I can never remember if Eric or I, I mean, I think, first. I mean, Hob didn't do well and they had to shutter the studio, Anna. I think they is what happened. They literally, they sent it out to die. Runic I Games know. the day that Hob released. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't even like they were waiting to see if it was going to sell, Chris. I think we all knew it wasn't going to sell. It's know. it's selling okay. Uh, says you. Says not me, but oh. I don't want to get it. Oh, oh, all right. All right. Is Hob good? Can somebody tell me is Hob good? I want to know if Hob is know. any good. Kickstarter check in. Really play it. You know, okay. Kickstarter check. So this is Chromatos. Chromatos. Yeah, a visual novel RPG hybrid. Okay. Yep. So Chromatos is set in a mysterious world where the player character wakes up after a fall that should have ended their life. So. And they are a different color. They are one of eleven people. Um, of different that colors. Are trapped in this uh, place. All care. All eleven characters have twelve hours to escape. Or risk never waking up in the real world. Uh, so it's a dot hack. Yeah, I don't know. All right, so for twenty dollars or fifteen dollars, you can get a copy of the game. There's a demo you can try right now on itch.io. They want twenty-two grand. They're at fourteen grand, so they're on their way. Um, and if you want to spend all the monies, their top tier is two one thousand dollars, and you get a custom scene in the game. Cool. Mm. So, so this is a visual novel. Yeah, with a card-based combat system. I'm wondering, will it have the um, author inside the... <sighs> no, Chris. Um, I so hope not. So the way that you gain cards... So it sounds like the gameplay loop is visual novel section where you gain cards, then use cards for combat, then go back to visual novel section. Card combat, huh? Yep. 
it's an interesting idea, but I mean, in all those visual novel focused games, it's going to live or die by how good the story is. Right. But I mean, that being said, sold enough that water Romano. Yeah. Okay. Underwater Romano. Underwater Ray Romano. Okay. Yeah. Get it right. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I mean, that's sold enough that, um, you know, someone picked up the prequel. Underwater, not quite as underwater, Ray Romano. Yes. Um, so, Sakura Tyson or Sakura Wars. Um, you mean <laughs> Sakura Wars? Whatever. <laughs> this is what I've been saving all my energy for. <laughs> oh, yeah? Oh, so here's the energy. Last year, at wait, 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 near wait. the end of last year. Are you going to back this Kickstarter before we talk about Sakura no. Wars? No. All right. Last year, Sega said that they really want to start utilizing Soccer more Wars. of their IPs that hadn't seen an entry in a while. And <laughs> We've so got this one dude of the in things the closet. they immediately announced <laughs> is Project Sakura Wars. All right. And um, there's like a there's a Sega festival that was going on yesterday in Japan mm-hmm. and PAX. Mm-hmm. And so they announced at one or the other. I wasn't really sure where. Um, I think it was. It was at the Sega event they announced this. And and then, so they announced the, the, it coming out or they released a trailer for it, the first trailer in Japan. And then right, pretty much right after it, uh, Sega, you know, US announced that they're bringing it to the West in the beginning of 2020. Right. Okay. So So there'll be Sakura Tyson in English again. Yeah. So this is sort of an interesting mix of people that are working on this game. So the character designer is Tite Kubel, who designed the characters for Bleach. Yeah. Which is sort of an interesting thing for me because um, he tends to heavy large-chested characters, and that <laughs> doesn't work in Sakura Wars. Why? They're young. Oh, okay. Wait, but isn't that like more in the kind of... Japanese eki milieu that we're used to dealing with. I don't know. Anyways, um, scenario writer is uh, Jiru Ishii. Is it Ishii or Ishii? Ishii, I think. Ishii. Um, he's the guy who wrote 428 Shibuya Scramble. Yeah. Um, they're bringing back uh, Kohei Tanaka, who has done um, the music for all the Sakura um, Wars games. Is that, that like hip tanaka or is it a different tanaka? no different tanaka different tanaka yeah okay. and then the series i like that you know what i'm talking about <laughs> yes. and then the series creator uji hiroi is back after being off for a couple games he was not involved in sakura 5 so long my love or whatever it was um so i'm not sure if he was there were a couple of games in the series that he was just like a creative director on so he like had small amounts of input all right, so here's a question. Do I do I need to touch their breasts? No. Okay, because no. isn't that like a Sakura Wars thing? Like you have to touch no. them during the... No. No, in fact, that will it... make them really upset. Well, you have to choose whether or not to touch them. That's like a thing. There's a hand, isn't it? Pet their head, you perv. But, uh, but my point is you have to touch the girls. You have to pet them, right? That isn't not... part of them. Okay. What? They're is not cats, Chris. Well, I know, but there's like a mechanic in this game where there's a floating hand. You have to choose 
what you grab on the lady. Isn't it? Isn't that how these games work? Um, in some scenes, that's not like the predominant scene. It's still a creepy the, thing the whole, that you do. The whole thing is that you have a small amount of time to answer their questions, and you have to. And you have sure to choose: right do answer. I do I pet their head or no, grab their chest? No, you choose different responses to their questions. Why are you obsessed with touching these people? I'm just, because isn't that something you have to choose to no. do sometimes? So it's never the right thing to do yet they always give you the option to do it no they don't always give you the option to do it have you seriously never played one of these games i played one and they had the hand and i could grab the lady and i didn't understand why the game had this <sighs> yes i understand there are there are dialogue choices that you have to make with the timer yeah. and if you pick the wrong thing it will change how the story goes or you know whether or not you're you're getting it on with that particular lady or not but I also remember there being like this floating hand thing over the ladies and you have to choose if you're going to, you know, interact with them physically, if you would prefer to put it that way, and where you interact with them physically. Gooch is making a game for Apple Arcade. Okay, you're just done. Yes. <laughs> Chris killed my excitement. Am I not? Tr- is this not? Is, Josh, is this not part of Soccer Wars or No. It's not not part of the soccer wars I played. So there's no floating hand thing. Is it a totally different game that I'm thinking of? What? It sounds like you're thinking of Fire Emblem Fates. Oh, that could be. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you, somebody. Go ahead. I remember instances where you could look at the girls and you would get embarrassed and they would get mad at you if you looked at their uh, boobs. Oh, okay. So it's not a I don't hand. remember touching the boobs. No. It was a floating hand icon. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I shouldn't be allowed to play Japanese games. So, Hironobu Sakaguchi. No, a Japanese game. No. What's is he making? making a game for Apple Arcade called Fantasia. Wait, wait. What's Apple Arcade? Um, so there was an Apple presentation this week. Uh-huh. And they're like, we're going it, to it's the Xbox thing. It's gonna... like Xbox Game Pass, but for Apple devices. We're tired of ga- the only games that succeed on the App Store being free-to-play things that take all of your money, literally. So we want to provide a way for people to make premium game experiences that don't require them to have $99 microtransactions. Therefore, we're going to pay people and their games will show up on a subscription service. And um, then they showed off some of the games and one of them was being made by Sakaguchi. This is what he's been up to since... That series of tactical games. What was that? Terra Battle? Uh, yeah. yeah, Terra Battle. Yeah, so I guess this is what he's been up to. He's literally, f- they're building little models, taking lots of pictures of it, and then layering like game game stuff on top of it. So you have like this weird real life background with video game characters and stuff. It looks neat, don't you think, Anna? Yeah. You interested in it? Um, I I want to see the price for... Uh, Apple Arcade before I get uh, too excited. Do we know if there are going to be more um, RPGs in there? No. I mean, we can kind of extrapolate um, based off of the developers that they were um, hitting upon. So they put up a big graphic um, and it it was like 35 developers. Some of them were big, some of them were small. Annapurna, Bossa Studios, Cartoon Network, Clay Entertainment, who did um, Don't Starve. Mm-hmm. Konami, Sega, Platinum, Disney, um, Will Wright Studio, whatever his studio is called, um, Gooch, and yeah, th- those were the big ones that I that I pulled out of the article we have about it. 
that Beyond a Steel Sky game Beyond a Steel Sky game looked interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I mean, of course, all there's this Sonic is, Racing, Anna. Oh. All this stuff is like six months away, so it's hard to be excited about oh, it. Oh, yeah, there was a Oceanhorn two. That's coming too. That looks like Zelda. Great, a three D Zelda game. Yeah, like it's even more three D Zelda than the first Ocean Horn, which was three D Zelda. Mm-hmm. You so, know what I don't like, Chris? No, three D Zelda games. Wait, why? Because <laughs> I prefer two D Zelda. But games. you like um, uh, Ocarina of Time? No, I don't. No, I. You don't. like Majora's Mask? No, I don't. You don't like Majora's Mask? No. no. Then but, why did you get it on three DS? Because I wanted to play it. Oh. Guess I what? You got it because you liked it. I played it. You don't like it, do you? No, not really. Uh, Why do you think I fell off of it so I, fast? I honestly didn't understand what you were doing with that game. Okay. <laughs> uh, Monolith Soft is hiring people to work on the next Zelda game. Yay. Is it 3D? Hell if I know. Yeah, so you won't like it. I want to play the Zelda Wait, game. Wait, why is Monolith Soft making a Zelda game? Because they, they helped develop the last two. Or two three? three? Monolith? Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah, they helped yeah. make Breath of the Wild. They helped with Skyward Sword as well. Huh. Yep. I want to say they helped the Twilight Princess, but that might have been a little too early. Yeah, I'm not sure about Twilight Princess, but I know they worked on Skyward Sword and Breath of the Wild. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, not as weird as you think, Chris. So, does that mean the next game is going to have, like, a second disc that has nothing on it except, like, text? What? Because Nomad's going to, they're going to run out of budget. No. I thought Monolith Soft was more of the um, Xenoblade. Yeah. Yeah. He is being a dork. Which I, comes from Xeno Saga, which comes from Xeno Gears. Right. Well, yeah, but that was like 20 years ago. They've kind of moved I past that. Bring it back for nostalgia's sake. No? I know the Switch doesn't have discs, but let's have a second cartridge that's just a visual novel. What? Oh, that, that's the other. That's they're very popular now. Visual novels are oh, very popular. That's the other hilarious thing about that Final Fantasy VII on Switch is that you know they said that it could couldn't fit on cartridges. <laughs> oh, well, back then they couldn't. Now they can. Oh yeah, now, that was one of the magazine ads, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. this game don't fit on no cartridge. <laughs> Now, technically, it does if you consider a flash card a cart. Yeah, because they're not selling that physically, are they? No. Yeah. But right. they could if they wanted to. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, we got reviews. We got a pack of reviews this week. So we got a review for Eternity, The Last Unicorn. See why Pascal gave this game a 2.0 out of 5. Caligula Effect Overdose, which is the up make that came out on Switch. It also got a 2.0 out of 5. Ooh, that's sitting on our coffee table, Anna. Yep. I'm going to play it on the ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got we're a throw prince, it overboard. princess guide review. See why it got a 2.0 out of 5. <laughs> what a week. What is what princess week? guide? How does this thing work? Huh? What a new NIS one, right? Yeah, it's a new NIS game. I don't remember anything about it. Were you interested in this, Anna? I am interested in it, but the problem is is I have so many other games that I want to play right now that I think will be more interesting. Is this the sequel to Penny Punching Princess? Yes, spiritual sequel. All right. So, yep. Yeah, but just, I, I know it's only 30 bucks, I think, 30 or 40. So it's already at kind of the price range that I want to pay for it. Um, 
but I just have so many other things that I want to play right now. And I'd just rather focus on them. And then it looks like we got some uh, impressions with Travis from uh, Beamdog. Travis? Yeah. No. Yeah. Michael? Tre- uh, Trent. Excuse me. Trent Oster. Not Travis. Oh. Tres- Trent Oster oh my gosh. from Beamdog. I'm like, what talking- are you talking about? Yeah, no we wheels got- is at PAGS. Trent isn't there. Yeah. Wheels interviewed Trent. Okay. <laughs> to talk about uh, Baldur's Gate on the Switch. Yes. Uh-huh. Which looks like Baldur's Gate on the PC. Yep. Which looks like the remastered so game. So we it have is. a gameplay trailer and, a, and an interview. So check that out. We're going to have more PAX East coverage as Wheels gets. I'm just wondering, like, play more playing this on the Switch is a game that uses a mouse. So does it mean it's touch controls? I mean, it's touch controls on the iPad. Oh, that's right. Oh, players can move the control stick outside of combat. Uh, and you can then cycle through them with shoulder buttons. And, okay, I see. Yeah. And if you... Oh, a simple press will switch to the control stick being used just to move a mouse cursor. And everything goes... Okay, but you don't use your touch screen. All right. Interesting. So you can make your, your analog stick act like a mouse, because that's always a fun experience. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, someday I have this dream of finishing all the Baldur's Gate games. <laughs> yeah. All right. We got briefs. 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 You bought new briefs. Yes. No, I bought new boxers. Oh, they look like briefs. They're, they're boy shorts. All right. All right. Uh, Azure. If they're called boy shorts, why don't boys wear them? <sighs> they're boxer shorts. Oh. But they don't have things. Are you sure they're box- not boxer briefs? They're not boxer briefs. It's just boxer briefs without a fly, which is even more weird to call it boy shorts. Azure Lane, yeah. the advanced naval battle RPG from Compile Heart, is going to release in Japan on August 29th. No um, word as to whether that's going to get localized. Mm. Inferno Climber, an action RPG, um, is going to launch or is available now. Um, under the name In- Inferno Climber Reborn. It's available on PlayStation 4 and Switch. Um, the PC version is also now available on the Windows App Store. It was out on Steam in 2016. Yep. So. Not new, just newer. Um, if you wanted to wait to get both halves of Dragon Marked for Death um, in a physical copy, it is available now at limited retailers. No one seems to know which one. 50 bucks. Um, E's so nine. limited, we don't know. <laughs> Extremely limited. Um, E's 9 uh, has an official website, has new screenshots, new details. Um, new videos. It, they new look video, cool. yeah. So they put out a video that has like no sound to it um, that I guess was used in a presentation that they had the developers talking over it. Uh, but by itself, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, you get to see the new uh, environments and you get to see the... Uh, the secondary characters who I guess are going to be in with at all, yep. you know, the other just, ones you can choose. So one of them the is the weirdest able to, like, presentation. Glide. I don't understand this presentation at all. It's like, why are you revealing a game like this? And the answer is because it was like Anna said, they're talking over it in a panel yeah. apparently. So um, glorious companions has put out an inglorious trailer. It's a 10 minute minute narrated video that you will fall asleep two minutes into. But if you're um, interested, it's, some of it is narrated. 
And then he goes silent for a long time. This video needed so much editing and it got none of the editing it needed. It's so not Indeed. interesting. Um, anyway, he's showing off a tactical RPG system and you and get to once basically the game watch got going, someone talk. It was interesting, eh, but the video cut was debatable. terrible. <laughs> so if you're interested in checking out the upcoming tactical RPG Glorious Companions, it will be coming to Steam Early Access in April's Windows Mac and Linux for 30 bucks. That's way overpriced. Anyone? Hey, don't criticize game pricing. You don't know what goes into a game. Wait, yes, you do. For what it appears to be offering, I would not pay thirty dollars. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Well, I I agree with you. All right, <laughs> um, a definitive version of Kingdom Come Deliverance called Royal Edition is launching on May twenty eighth, twenty nineteen. Um, which will have the enhanced version of the base game as well as all free and paid DLC released so far. Are we allowed to like this game yet? Or is it got like... I don't know. What's wrong with it? I feel like there were some sort of political issues, either white supremacists or male machismo things, or I forget. Um, There's something up with this studio. I just don't remember what it was. I just don't want to get into it on the podcast. Twitter getting bad. This is a brief. Oh, okay. Just Kingdom Come Deliverance is... Is it good? Is the game good? Can someone tell me if Kingdom Come is good? I would uh, like Pascal to know if it's good. It. Okay. Yeah, like when we reviewed it, um, I think it got a four out of five. Yeah, four okay. out of five. All right. And, you know, we did our top three favorite games of 2018 and it made it into a couple lists. All right. So, I mean, I don't think it's a bad game. It just comes with some baggage. All right. All cool. right. Um, Idea Factory International gave a big update to drag to the Dragon Star Varnier site what? Um, this week. So, Dragon Star Varnier... Is this game where you are a witch hunter, so you're a guy, you're hunting down witches. Right. Because witches do like this alien explodey outcomes dragons things. Right. Do the witches turn into dragons? They birth dragons. They bur- oh boy. <laughs> In the alien explodey kind of way. So yeah. do the they die after? Oh yeah. That? Oh, okay. Yeah. So the idea so is like, is you have these witch hunters that track the down witches and kill before witches before the dragons come out. Correct. But the witches are fighting back with their inborn dragon powers. No. Well, this lady is on a broom and yes. is fighting with a dragon head that she summoned. Uh-huh. So you tell me how that's not dragon power. No, no, no. Um, well, it kind of is, but it yeah. gets more complicated. So right. it's a harem RPG because oh, what happens sake. is is you're a guy, you're a dragon hunter, Stupid you're a witch hunter. <laughs> And the problem is, is you get attacked by a dragon, like a fully birthed dragon. And then a witch comes along and is like, oh, dang, I should probably save this dude. So she gives you her blood and now you're a witch, too. So you have to kill yourself after you kill all the witches. Is that the plan? Um, or are we going to fer- learn how to make peace with the dragons? Yeah, that's the... I mean, it's an iffy game. It could go anyway. After, after fairy fencer... I, I don't even know where it's going to happen. Right. You so know? you have to make choices in regards to how you are going to treat the girls. Because... Well, treat them well. They're but ladies. if you treat them well, they could birth dragons. Then kill the dragons afterwards. But they're still human beings. Come on now. No, they're not. They're witches. Yes, they... Oh, my gosh. You are terrible. <laughs> Look! It's not my... It's not the way that I think. This is the way the game is presented. Also, they can go into a super overload mode that takes off all their clothes. Of course they can. Because, you know. And no human could do that. Nope. 
Um, Team 17 has announced that they will be publishing Monster Sanctuary. This is a Metroidvania-inspired Let's title. send the witches over here. They could live here <laughs> and the be happy. Monster Sanctuary? Yeah. Yes. You are uh, a farmer collecting monsters to become the greatest monster keeper in the world. So right now there's a free um, demo available to download on Steam. It's slated to head to Steam Early Access later in 2019. But I know because I have a friend playing it that they've already put out um, codes to influencers. Oh boy. I, I will say it look I'm not much for Metrovanias, but it does look really cool where the different monsters you collect like give you 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 not only use them in battle, but you also use them to like get to new parts and new areas. Uh, like, so monster is, boy. I yeah. mean but look at it, it's Pokemon. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you have three monsters on you and they have different moves and it's turn based and you're fighting well, groups of monsters and yeah, this is more or less a Pokemon collection thing. With Metroidvania. All so, right. Yeah. If it comes to Switch, I'll try it. You should. It, All right. It looks really cool. I like the art style. It is a good it, art that style. That does look neat. Old, if you like old-looking video games, that is. Right, Anna? <laughs> so here's... I think there's an important distinction between retro-looking video games, which mimic the style of classic games and just old-looking games, where it's like yeah. they've they've made themselves a slave to the style instead of using the style in a modern setting. To me, an old-looking video game is one that looks like it should have been on the previous generation, not something retro. This looks like it could have been on the last three generations, so I don't know what you mean by that. I don't think he understands what we're saying. All right. And that's okay. All right. Uh, That's it for the news. So we got feedback time. Our feedback. 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 Oh, not that kind of feedback. No, 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 no please no. no. Okay, sorry. Um, so our question of the week last week was, uh, do you play your Switch docked, undocked, or both? Um, and so we got some answers on Twitter. So if you're not following us at, at @rpgamer, you suck. <laughs> okay. That's terrible. <laughs> That's a hard view there. You suck. Um, no, we still love you. Uh-huh. What they what they tell us on Twitter? All right. Um, Alex couldn't make it to the podcast this week, so he tweeted us. I used to alternate. Now I just always have it undocked. Um, Angelo Knight tweets at us and says they play docked. And uh, Winter Disa, uh, who has written into the show repeatedly, um, says my switch is still a virgin. <laughs> Never been docked. <laughs> okay. You need to wreck that switch. <laughs> okay uh, we also got responses on our um, podcast thread at rpgamer.com woo alright uh, Shaman writes in and says well congratulations on making me yell phrasing at the top of my lungs when I got to the part about wife swapping question of the week on Twitch I'd call myself a both but I kind of have to be because most of my Switch play lately has been review games so Shaman does reviews for Nintendo World Report so you can check out his um, cool written content at nintendoworldreport.com um, Lord Gobez writes in and says almost exclusively undocked I haven't docked it since the early stages of playing Breath of the World where I quickly found myself enjoying it much more when undocked I would say the only reason I'd probably dock it at this stage would be for multiplayer if I had people over. I'm not uh, taking to the dock. I'm not taking the docking station with me to try to hook it up somewhere else. So only multiplayer at home, and that would be pretty rare. But you you guys know there's dongles, so you can hook it up on the go, right? Yeah. 
People sell these. All right. Anyway, keep going. Victor writes in and says, I play my Switch both docked and undocked. Undocked is nice for gaming in bed, especially for when I just want to cook around a pick cross. Docked is for games that I want to enjoy in their full glory on the TV screen, like Breath of the Wild or Super Mario Odyssey. Docked is also more convenient for using a pro controller in either of those games. Oh, sorry. Pro controller in Breath of the Wild or Joy-Con motion controls in Odyssey. Yeah, that's true. I mostly stayed away from those when I played Odyssey. So I had a very different experience, I think, than most people playing Mario Odyssey. Um, Gamer Esquire. I missed last week's question of the week, but want a second Strawberry Eggs calls for HD versions of Bravely Devolt and Bravely Second as well as Fire Emblem. Uh, Shadows of Valentia. Those were the three most visually impressive games on 3DS and HD versions would be incredible. I will add Radiant Historia to our list as it is equally deserving of the visual upgrade and a Switch release might help the game find a larger audience. As for this week's question, I picked up my Switch on launch day and it has yet to see the inside of the dock. Portability was the key selling feature from my perspective. As someone who travels a lot for work, I was sold on the ability to play console quality games on the go. The only game that I'm considering playing on a big screen is Fire Emblem Three Houses. It has been far too long since Fire Emblem fans had a home console installment. Here, here. Yep. It's funny, though, because I don't think I played any of the console games. Really? Uh, yeah, because one of them was GameCube, and I didn't have a GameCube. Wii and GameCube, yeah. Um, for the and entire of course, life of the GameCube. Yeah. And then I only had a Wii for unlimited amount of time as well. Featherhoof writes in and says, question of the week. I prefer to play docked whenever possible. The pro controller feels so much better in my hands than the teeny tiny Joy-Cons, and I kind of have to play docked when I'm recording or streaming Switch games. But I end up playing the majority of my time in handheld. My wife and I spend a lot of time downstairs binge-watching stuff on Netflix and Hulu, but I just can't get into consuming passive entertainment anymore and generally end up multitasking with the Switch while we watch whatever catches her fancy at so the that turn, time. that started as docked and ended as both so he prefers to play docked yeah but, but he ends up doing both yes yeah. all right uh crawl writes in and says i very much split my switching hours between the dock and handheld though my ratio has shifted over time and the first year was zelda splatoon mario odyssey and xenoblade 2 i tried to play those mainly on the big screen saving handheld for indies i think that has stayed true but I play more third-party stuff these days. So now it's more like handheld 70% of the time and using the dock mainly for local multiplayer or when a boss in Dark Souls is really bugging me and I need to change my perspective. Um, Strawberry Eggs says, I mostly play the Switch undocked except for when I play Smash Brothers since I'm usually playing with the other people in the room. Okay. All right. And Jason emailed in. Hey, Jason. Um, let's see if I get critiqued right into spam again. <laughs> so, um, Jason sent us emails three weeks in a row and I didn't get one of them cause it ended up being in the spam folder and I have no idea why. All right. So Jason says, I prefer to play in docked mode. I got a second switch for Christmas. The original dock scratched the hell out of my screen. So my first switch has become the family switch. Inevitably, as soon as I fire up something, my kids will want to play something too, so it's nice to just pop their Switch in the dock and let them play something together, and I can continue to play in handheld mode. So that's two Switches. One's docked, one's undocked. Does that mean one tick into each column? I don't know. 
I, I think that does. All right, so that's two in docked and five in undocked now. All right, keep going. <laughs> How my five and eight-year-olds get me to do that for them instead of me making them play on the Switch in handheld mode with the Joy-Cons is kind of beyond me. I guess I'm just indulgo dad. So short, short version of my bloviating. I prefer to play docked, but my kids do as well. So I tend to play in handheld mode. P.S. I love that you guys don't even no, read my last wait, name anymore. So that means he's just undocked then. Okay. Well, he wants to play on the TV. But as soon as he plays on the TV, his kids show up and they're right. like, yeah, okay. let's play Got video it. games on the TV. All right. Who's next? Uh, Wolf. Wolf texted us. Yay. Wolf is back. All right. Wolf says, I got busy and forgot to send my answer last week, but bravely second, I would buy it day one. So that would be a 3DS game to switch. Um, also, I play in handheld mode because I agree with Anna. Yeah. Why play on a TV when I can have it in my lap or take it with you on the go? All right. So in the chat room, Daniel says uh, he plays it in both. Right? Yeah. He plays it in both. So that's another vote for both. Uh, RJ Quinton says, I play with it in both. Um, Chris Privetier, me, says, I play both. Uh, kind of at the same time, because, you know, I have my Switch un- not in the dock, but in that little stand over my head on the bed, and I play with the Pro Controller, so it's undocked and docked at the same time, sort of, except not really. Um, but then I also slip it in the dock sometimes. Anna, you play undocked, right? Yeah, I, I've literally never played Switch yeah. docked. Uh, what about you, Kelly? I, I do both, and especially both. if it's a game that I'm like really into. All right, and Josh, I do both, but it's been more docked lately. Yeah. All right, so that brings us to two docked onlys, um, and one of those is just the family switch from that one guy, um, from Jason. From Jason, that uh, one guy. Which Jason? I, you Areola. just said just. Oh, okay. He's he's the he's the Jason that always writes in. All right. Cool. Which Hi, is Jason. why I don't include his last name anymore. I didn't know which it's Jason. just like that Jason. Jasons. All right. And then undocked, we have seven, including his personal switch that his kids make him use. Um, and then we have ten in both. So. Interesting. Yeah. But hmm. it sounds like everybody who's... Half the people in both kind of prefer one over the other, but they just end up, through circumstances, doing both. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't really have a preference. I, I like both. Alrighty. Well, I got to tell you, I prefer the Pro Controller over the Joy-Cons. Yeah. uh, I have issues with the Pro Controller, though. Sometimes when you go to press, like, up or down, it'll also bring in a a side motion as well instead of just the pure up or down input. It's really annoying. (sighs) Some games, it's a bigger deal than others, but I don't like it. Especially in Diablo, where if you press up and you're trying to navigate through your list of items, and if you press left, it takes you to a different list, and all of a sudden you lose your progress in the other list. It's Oh, it's just the worst. All right. So, if you want to provide feedback for the show, there's lots of ways. Um, One, you can email us, just like Jason does. Jason Ariola, because Chris forgets who he is. Um, You can email us, podcast.rpgamer.com. You can call or text us like Wolf does. That's 608-729-4098. You can come hang out like RJ Kuhn and uh, Daniel NL and Vaughn RPG. Um, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Saturdays, twitch.tv slash rpgamer. You can do like Strawberry Eggs and Gamer Esquire and Featherhoof and Victor and post a reply on the podcast thread at rpgamer.com. 
Um, or you can uh, wait for the tweet that I put out um, whenever I remember to do it, usually later in the week, at RPGamer on Twitter. All the feedbacks. We like feedback. Feedback is great. So, uh, question of the week this week is, are you getting any April releases? So, we, we're going to talk about, we're going to front load this a little bit because we're going to be gone for a lot of April. Um, but, like, April 9th and then two weeks later on April, um, what, 23rd, there is, like, like, two giant explosions of releases. Okay, so let's really? start with what's coming out next week. Yes. Next week is Darksiders War Mastered Edition on the Switch, Super Dragon Ball Heroes World Mission, that's that card game on Switch and PC, and Infernal Climber Reborn, which we talked about earlier, that's on... Which which was one of those, hey, we're putting PC, out a game, and it's out PS4 now! PS4 or whatever, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then what's coming out on these other dates you're talking about? Oh my gosh. We should get into it next week. Because oh. I didn't okay. prepare then the why is Why are we asking the question now? Because people should know at this point what game they're going to want this We month. should help them out. Well, oh, my gosh. Just All right. I'm, um, I'm not sure what's coming out. I had Zanky Zero pre-ordered, but that was about it. Yeah, so Neo Atlas on Switch is getting a physical. So this is April 9th. Neo Atlas 1469 on Switch. Shovel Knight Showdown. The Ace Attorney Trilogy. Zanky Zero Last Beginning. New Earth Defense Force game. Um, the Nintendo Labo VR kit. Konami Arcade Classics. Uh, Final Fantasy X and X-2 Remaster, um, Wasteland 2, um, Cuphead on Switch, um, Mortal Kombat 11, Box Boy and Box Girl, um, Final Fantasy 12 Zodiac Age on Switch, um, Super Meat Boy Forever console release, um, and there's more. Hang on. Mortal Kombat 11. Hang on. Let me, let me pull up my other lists. Um... Sorry, I'm I'm going I'm trying to go through this really quickly. There's a new Dragon Dogma game coming out. Um, Steam World Quest. Um, Days Gone is coming out this month. Um, did we get a release date for Dauntless? Uh, Dauntless is already out, so that's an expansion for Dauntless. Okay. No. Um, Unless it's coming to console. That's, yeah, oh. PlayStation Four, Nintendo Switch, Xbox One. Oh, then we don't have a date. Okay. TBA, according to Wikipedia, we can check other things. We can check their site. I don't know. It doesn't matter right now. The- yeah, just there's lots of stuff coming out. And um, Yoshi's Crafted World just came out. Um, Assassin's Creed 3 Remaster just came out. Tropical 6 just came out. Um, War Party is coming out. Oh, that's this past week. This is not. Yeah. What are you reading this for? Sorry. Yeah. yeah. There's like tons of stuff coming out. All right. We'll talk about April. So, yes. all right. There's your little cheater for April. I'm sure we'll get some better lists next week. Yeah. And um, yeah, there's April. Tell us if you're going to get any April releases. Let us know right in podcastrpgamer.com, 608-729-4098, or twitter.com slash rpgamer. Just reply there or in the Discord, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Hi. Anna, thanks for being on today. You're welcome. Thank you for being on today, Kelly. Thank you. Thank you for being on today, Josh. Sure. Thank you for writing in today, Wolf and Jason and Crawl and Strawberry Eggs and Gamer Esquire and Victor and Lord Golbez and Shaman and all the people on Twitter. (gasps) 
Thanks for listening. Thanks to Del North for doing our theme song. Thanks to Kelly for doing our artwork. Thanks to Forecast for doing our MP3 encoding. I want to know where you're going to be playing this week. Anna! Um, dear Lord, please let me finish Chocobo's Mysterious Dungeon. Amen. Okay. Kelly? Um, I'm finally at level 50 and am running into Heavensward content. Yay! Yeah. Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah. Yes. Josh? More Nelky. More Nelky. I might try Nelky as well because I like town building, and if not, maybe more Operencia and Witcher 2. And, uh, yeah. Thanks, everybody, for watching. We'll catch you next week. And we'll remind you about it again next week, but we are going to have about a six-week break. Woo! Six weeks? Yep. Oh, my gosh. Yep. We're going away. We're going on an international trip for almost a month, and we have MGC the week before that trip, and... We're going to be really tired coming, flying back across country, across the world, excuse me, coming back from the trip. So that's how we get to see six. But we'll t- we'll remind you of that next week. Um, I still look forward to many like, is this show never happening again? Have you stopped the RPG cast? Like, no. No, we just no. literally are gone for like a while. But no. we still love We'll you. give you homework. We'll, It'll be fine. Yes, yes. You will have homework next week. Please, yeah. please look forward to it. Please stay right. tuned. Thanks, everybody. Love you all. Bye-bye. 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 Bye. 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 Bye.